to episode 30 of the Pro Series Podcast. I'm Eric Doman, and on today's episode, I talk with HGTV's Tori and Greg Smith. A few months back, I got to talk to Shay Holland on the podcast, who is also a part of the Unfinished Business cast crew with Greg. Greg tells me about his role on the show and also gets to talk to his wife, Tori, who also plays a big behind-the-scenes role in the show. We also get to talk about their latest project and when we can expect it to drop. But before we start, like always, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the Pro Series podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. But now it's time to start episode 30 with Tori and Greg Smith. Hey, how are you guys? Good. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I'm glad I could get both of you on. Yeah. Yeah, with me, it'd be very boring. But since you have Tori, it'll be a good one. I doubt that. I feel like you both are very interesting people. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? It's going well. How about you guys? Good, thank you. Good. We're having warm weather. How about uh, Pennsylvania? It's, I mean, it's warm for early March, but still too cold for me. I think it was like 36 degrees today. So, please don't snow. Where are you in Pennsylvania? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Uh, my brother lives in Cory. I don't know where that is. Where is that? I think it's off Lake Erie, up closer to oh. New York. I guess what most people say. Oh, uh, that's yeah. they get a lot of snow then. They do. Pittsburgh's yeah. such a cool town. My niece and nephew went to college there, so I was always visiting them. Okay. But it's really beautiful. Yeah, where do they go? Um, my niece went to du- Duquesne, and my nephew, I can't remember where he went. Okay. Yeah, but very yeah. good school. Very good school. Awesome. Well, again, yeah. thank you for having, um, taking some time out of your day to come on here. Um, I first want to talk about you both, how you guys got into business together, and how you guys started designing and being a contractor. Um, kind of just start from the beginning and even the origin, like how you fell in love with it even before you even started your professional career? Um, uh, I think I got into this business because uh, Greg and I were always buying a house and flipping it. Okay. And um, I, that's how I started learning how to do everything. We bought our first house when we were 19 and it was oh, a, wow. a hunk of crap. So we had to really start working on it. <laughs> so you, you're not... You didn't go to school for design. It was just kind of something you fell in love with as you bought houses and started flipping them. I went to school for clothing design. Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. So it's not the same thing, but you know, you learn about different elements and how to put things together. It's in the same family though. I remember I went to a college in Indiana, PA and our school had fashion within interior design. So we're very close niched um fields for sure yeah so yeah. What's, do you like the decor side of it or do you actually like the architectural des- interior design part of it i actually like both equally i end up doing a lot more of the construction side but when we're doing television stuff i do construction behind the scenes and then design for the show for shows very cool yeah but i i very much enjoy both yeah i mean and i really like making like if i love making rugs and 
you know, everything that goes with design. Okay, actually making them handmade. Yeah, I have a rug tufting gun. And so I have a giant frame with a fabric on it. And then I use this tufting gun and it makes legitimate carpets. It's pretty cool. That is really cool. I've never heard anybody that did that. I mean, obviously it has to be done, but I never thought about that. That's pretty cool. And that gives yes. a nice personal touch to your design as well. Yeah, and also silk screening too. So then I can silk screen a design that goes with the regs onto wallpaper or onto fabric for curtains or whatever we need the fabric for. So that's all that's cool. that's what I like doing. Yeah. yeah. And then Greg, you you're the contractor side of it all. I'm the contractor side of it all, but I want to speak a little bit more on what else Tori does for projects. So Tori will find something and say, oh, well, we're going to take this cabinet. We're going to cut it up. We're going to add this. We're going to put this together. And it will be entirely different than what you grabbed off the shelf at Ikea. So she also has a really good eye for, um, I don't want to say repurposing, but definitely upscaling a lot of very common looking things. So that's another thing that she that she really brings to the product project. And I think that's probably your I, that's the thing I'm most in awe of. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like a lot of creative minded people like that can go into different fields and go into other creative outlooks to use their, their, their sure. right of the brain more than others can. Yeah. I feel like creative types, no matter what they see, they think they imagine what else could be done with the item they're looking at. Yeah. Do you feel, do you find yourself, your brain never stopped working? Like you're always thinking 100%. of something else? All the time. That's all I think about. My brain, my brain makes my body tired. I wish yeah. it would stop sometimes. <laughs> I was even thinking today, my dog came in, it's kind of soupy outside because of melting snow. And I had just put a white duvet on our bed and my dog came in and jumped on it and like ran around and just ruined it and I was thinking if I wash it and I bleach it then I silk screen this onto it and then like I just immediately <laughs> think of how else it could work uh, it, it's it's a very cool thing to do when you're you're professional like thinking of new ways and ways to make yourself look better but when you're sitting in your house and figuring out other projects to do I know you're like you're you don't have a big enough wallet to do that you're just brain you just need to shut it off for a little bit <laughs> If you looked into our kitchen right now, you would see the kitchen that we're building that gets finished next week. Yeah. <laughs> like everything With is... Countertops, dishwasher, what else do we need in there? Half the cabinets. Backsplash. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, it's coming along. So do you find your personal right home projects are on the back burner and they don't, they take longer just because you're professional oh. career, you're doing this all the time? Actually, I disagree. We usually have a limited amount of time to get something done. So I think we wait until we have everything ready, everything's designed. We'll have two weeks off or something and we'll just bust out a kitchen, which is what we're doing here. <laughs> Dang, geez. So are you guys doing all the work? Oh yeah. We have the cabinets yeah. made, but we're doing everything else. Perfect. And Greg, you um, have you always been in love with the um, contractor side of things? Uh, yeah, I grew up in a um, construction family. So I was always following my dad around to job sites and things like that. And then 
when I actually became helpful, uh, then I would get a job. And then, um, you know, you're a kid in high school and you can either go work at a fast food place or you can go work with your dad and make twice as much money. So then that kind of starts. Um, and fortunately for me, I, I really like uh, the, the finished product. I, and I really have become um, uh, like a much bigger fan of the process. So mm-hmm. I, I enjoy every stage. I want to know everything about every single stage, uh, which is why I became a building inspector for a number of years. Um, but it, it's just very intriguing to me. I'm also that boring guy that's going to sit there and watch uh, YouTube about how a, uh, or YouTube video about how a huge bridge is made or something like that, because okay. I just love the engineering. I love, I love seeing how people do these things. Absolutely. So, so do you find yourself, I mean, this is actually something we talked about on the phone and on over email, finding a good designer and a good contractor um, and pairing them up is very, very beneficial. I feel like as a designer, I struggle with finding a contractor. Not that I find a lot that are good. It's just hard with the communication. It's like they have a communication barrier or something and it's vice versa. A contractor has the same problem with a designer. What is your opinion on having a designer and a contractor be on the same page and working well together? And why is that so important to you guys? I think it's important. A lot of times my job is doing, I'm also a general contractor, but I do usually finish work or, but mostly paperwork and coordinating and purchasing and stuff. So a lot of times it's hard with designers because I think they don't understand something as small as a sink or a tile decision or shower a, valve. a shower valve or a fo- you know something so minute that seems yeah. like something you'd put in at the end holds up a whole job. And so because of this small situation, now you have subcontractors that you've now lost because they have to move on to another job. And it's, it's very hard to communicate that. And then on the other side of that coin um, is exactly what you said. The communication from a contractor back to, back to the designer Absolutely. a lot of times is extremely lacking. You have to remember <laughs> contractors, uh, you know, we grew up, we own pickup trucks, we bought, we bought boats, we play uh, music <laughs> on the job sites. And uh, at the end of the day, we go home and we're the guys who tell the homeowners what they can't do. And the designers are the ones who tell them what they can do. Yeah. So there, there's definitely a huge disconnect. Um, and what we have learned over the years is it's really important to get the designer in at certain stages of the job too. So just because you're done with the design work, you moved on to construction, doesn't mean there shouldn't be a lot of um, site visits dropping in because coordinating, coordinating. Yeah, the view yeah. that the homeowner and the um, designer put together, it could be going a little bit sideways. You know, if the tiles set vertically instead of horizontally, or yeah, you know. I, I think there's a real, I think there's a real need to have everybody on the team stay so, at the whole time. So much communication. Time. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Communication. <laughs> that brings up a big point. Cause I know a lot of designers that are, they do it, but they're more on the sales side of it. So they're worried about the next sale. So they're just keep these rotation of jobs going. So they don't, think about going back and with the impact of going back to the job site and 
or, or talking to the contractor all the, way, all the way through, like giving our lead times nowadays, like, you know, people aren't getting jobs done for months out. So easy to forget about, but it's not a very good business um, way to work as a designer or a contractor. But um, like you said um, about the designer, not knowing about a valve or something, I think we get lost in the aesthetic look of something Absolutely. and, and why would you know that. about it that's not your job exactly and that's another thing having a good relationship with a contractor to figure out how their design can work um and i feel like i don't know if this is a thing i've since i've been a designer we have to order everything so you're putting everything on an addendum sheet but some of them that i've worked with they're just doing renderings basically in a floor plan um so i mean it just kind of figuring out how that person works before you agree to work with them is a big thing sure. as well. yeah that's sometimes it's important to have a checklist it works well with us because i'm also on the construction side of it so i can anticipate what needs to be ordered or what has to be here by a certain date but sometimes having a checklist both a designer and a contractor with the different even minute steps that will be coming up and what's needed to complete that next step or the next five steps. That's so important. Oh, definitely. I think project management yeah. is a huge thing for both sides. Yeah. Like, I wish I learned that in college. I know. Why don't they teach that? I don't know. I mean, maybe they do. I just didn't come across it. I didn't learn it. Um, I feel I went to a four-year degree, so I have a bachelor's degree in interior design. But I feel like there's so many fields you could go into, into, into interior design. It's hard to teach mm -hmm. every single thing. But I feel like project management and finances are a huge part oh, yeah. of the design <laughs> job. It'd be awesome oh, yeah. to learn yes. about that. I, that. That's something important to talk about with clients, too, both contractors and designers. I think because of television, people think I'm going to build a new kitchen and it's going to cost $30,000 or, you know, and you think oh, yeah. your tile and your materials are more than that. So, um, yes, it's very In unrealistic. My, so I, so I would like to speak about the HGTV and the DIY, you know, yes. formats and stuff like that. I think there are fantastic things that come from sharing ideas and, you know, um, and showing people what they can do. But then I also think that you have a lot of people that have gone a little bit too far on the other side and they think they can design, build, you know, do yeah. all that stuff. And then, you know, they do get into trouble. And yeah. I think you really need to know where your skill set lies, <laughs> where, what you can't do, right. and then when it's time to pull the trigger and hire qualified people. But I think because of those shows, they don't know that they don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we get that a lot. Oh, definitely. It's TV's only going to show you the good parts. So you're not seeing all the challenges behind the scenes. So people just think they could do everything. Absolutely. And why isn't there a television show? The created drama for television shows would be so much better if they showed the actual nail biting over you know, yeah. some wiring being completed before the drywallers come in or, you know, I totally that's the legitimate agree. drama. Yeah. It'd be yeah. And it's on every job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's relatable to the actual situation in hand, like us watching it. Absolutely. I feel like I liked 
those type of shows more before I became a designer mm-hmm. now uh, I still watch them for the aesthetic just to get more sure. ideas and stuff but it's definitely a different viewing experience now for sure well, it, all, Tor- it all boils down to the last 10 minutes <laughs> yeah yeah well Tori and I Tori and I were watching a show the other night and it took place in this old courtroom and there was some really beautiful marble on the wall like the old um, I don't know if it was, uh, I can't, like a, had like a nice gray brown to it and it was hewn over time. And, you know, it's probably installed like the turn of the century, turn of the, the 19th century. And uh, we kept, the show was going on and we kept commenting on how neat the marble was and how nice the tile work was. The iron work and was amazing. The iron work was neat. We're like, oh, look at all that. And then, you know, we're, we're missing the entire show. So we're yeah. we're total design nerds and material nerds. And- or on the other hand, you're watching something that has a timestamp on it. And you'll think, they didn't have corrugated metal in <laughs> 1720. What's that doing there? Oh, yeah. You can't help but yes. noticing everything all the time. That, yeah. that was, drives was, me crazy. Right? Yeah, because like they're doing like a historic house or something. They're they say they're trying to put it back into the time period it was built, and they're putting like a white kitchen with shaker cabinet and marble countertops. Right, you totally missed that one. (laughs) Well, in our in our last the last place we lived, um, San Clemente, California, was right next to uh, San Juan Capistrano, and California has all the missions that kind of go up the coast. Yeah. Um, and San Juan Capistrano is one of the oldest, it's one of the oldest settlements in the United States. It was there like mid 1700s or a little bit later. Uh, but we would go in and we would actually have projects in adobe houses. So we would have to find the guy who paid attention to putting straw inside the plaster because you're not going to mix up adobe because the building inspector is never going to go for that. No. And then you have to burn it so that it, looks like it's been there for a long time then you can go over with your whitewashing and stuff but you get to, you get to a point with some stuff where you really really have to pay attention to detail otherwise you'll you'll miss the whole look of a you know in this case like a historic building absolutely but yeah you do have to pay attention. oh yeah i've run into a couple of jobs where um contractors or homeowners get a historic loan out of the bank and they don't understand how many rules there are to that like how many how, what percentage oh, yeah. of the house needs to stay the same way you can how much new right. stuff you put in the home and I, i'm so glad they have those rules for those oh for sure also they don't realize um all of the time it takes to get everything approved <laughs> oh yeah yeah and you get the correct sashes on your windows and to get you know the correct uh I don't know. Soapstone lentil. Wrought iron or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's, there you go. So, that's so another much. thing you don't see. You don't see all of those hurdles that you're, you have to jump through pretty much for every job. Right. Wouldn't you love yeah. to see that on a show? I would. Yeah. I, I don't know. I would too. I, I feel like everyone would. No, we're the only three who want to see that. <laughs> Everybody else wants to see the reveal. Yeah. <laughs> they want to see smiles. And then they want to hang out and watch someone buy a house in um, Cancun. Yeah. Yeah, just dr- live vicariously through them. But I feel like That's a right. lot of the people in our field would love to watch a show like that. I think, oh, I think they so would too. too. I think, so I think too. it would make a lot of people feel better about projects that they're doing or will be doing, knowing yeah. that everyone struggles with these same exact problems. Absolutely. Yeah. Relatable. So, Greg, 
How did you start getting onto HGTV? How did that segue? Oh. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, how did you segue into that? Um, a few years back, my uh, daughter and I were doing a little improv class at a, at a local um, uh, South Coast, South Coast Rep, mm-hmm. South Repertory. Anyway, it's placed in Irvine. Um, she really wanted to, she really wanted to take it. She was only 17. And I go, look, we'll just, we'll fudge your form. I'll go with you. Um, and we just said, we had a great time. And somebody in class said, Hey, you should check out this website. Uh, they're always looking for contractors and, um, you know, people like that. Uh, and I grew up watching, um, this old house, uh, this old house, uh, because I'm a huge Norm Abram fan. I like Bob too, but I'm a huge Norm Abram fan. And, um, you know, just kind of thinking back on that, I guess as a kid, that kind of made me think, wait a minute, I should be the guy explaining how things are done, you know, in the way that I want to explain it, as opposed to watching Bob or watching uh, Norm or, you know, whomever. So it just kind of started from there and I went on to the next job, went on to the next job. Uh, most recently, um, we had a really busy year, <laughs> actually during COVID, which was producing a show during COVID is an entirely different can of worms than any other time. So uh, that would have been a really good one to good one to film. Um, yeah, film of the filming, filming the filming. filming yeah, filming the filming. Oh, um, yeah. But it was my sec- it was my second series for HGTV. Uh, I was the contractor on it. It was called Unfinished Business. Um, I think it's on streaming right now on Discovery. Uh, had a really great um, cast. Uh, Tori helped us with all our be- behind the scenes stuff. We did four projects in six weeks. And this was during COVID. The projects were about 100 miles from each other in the LA Basin area. And um, this was also during uh, the holidays. So you can only imagine... Oh my God. Trying the availability to find. of stuff. We, we actually had for a reveal, we actually had to rent a refrigerator that was the same as the refrigerator that the homeowner home was going to get because their refrigerator wasn't ready yet. Ah. So, that, so there's, a little, there's a little behind the scene magic for you right there. So we actually had to rent the darn thing. Dang. But um, I, I met, or we both met uh, Michael Matsumoto, awesome executive producer. Mm-hmm. He believed in us. And he later hired me to go down to Alabama, and I spent eight week with the, eight weeks with those guys last year, doing all the production work for excuse me all the construction uh, production work for Battle on the Beach, and that was number one on HGTV I think for like eight weeks, ten weeks, something like that. So yeah, that was great. Show. And then that rolled into our current project. Yeah, before we get into that, I'm excited to learn more about that current project, but. I talked to Shay Holland, who was on Unfinished Business with you. I did that like February of last year, but I wasn't able to upload it until a couple weeks ago. But yeah, she told me a lot about the hurdles that you guys had to do with testing and all that stuff. Um, It would have been cool to have, like you said, someone filming the filming because we talk about like people like you, Tori, that are behind the scenes the stuff that you don't see in the show that would be so cool to like post those episodes after that whole season's over. Mm-hmm. That I know so that's cool. serious drama. 
<laughs> and Tori, Tori was working. Tori was working with an entirely different um, uh, guideline at that time. Too, as you know, as well as myself and um, Shay also. Uh, you know, we we could not get COVID. Absolutely, one hundred percent cannot get COVID. But you still have to go get countertops. You have to source tile. You have to run Home Depot, and you need whatever you need. You have to deal with subcontractors who um, may have been tested, may or may not have been tested. May have not uh, believed in masks. May have not believed in masks, but that's okay. You're, you know, you're going to let them do their thing. Um, but yeah, we, we actually, uh, and I don't know if Shane mentioned this, we actually had one of our families come down with um, COVID, COVID went through the house and uh, the gentleman in the house, he actually died from yeah. COVID. And this, yeah, this was, like a week before reveal. So we had to set the reveal time back two weeks. We were all extremely leery and, yeah. you know, worried about going on camera with them and being unmasked. And unfortunately uh, nothing happened, but you know, if you stop a production, you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. It's not, yeah. It's not cool. It's Was not that covered thing. in one of the episodes? No, I, I think we missed it. It's a little bit of a morbid detail. So, oh, I mean, okay. I, my, my heart really goes out to, yeah. the, to the owner and um yeah. you know we got we, we met this gentleman a few times really nice guy uh but unfortunately yeah you didn't make it yeah i didn't make it that's such a shame that's so sad how did um so, yeah sorry <laughs> sorry but yeah. it's more the stuff we deal with you know? yeah. yeah no that's again, again behind the scenes drama exactly we should have a show behind the show my right God. Wow. So um, also kind of getting back to your question, um, would you have a designer on a job? So for example, we had, we had Shay for that series. Um, Shay and Tori get to work together to really bridge that gap with communication because I'm working with subs. I'm all over the place. Uh, I have to be on camera. Um, but Tori really gets to help in, help in filling in the gaps, making sure we have all the pieces that we need. Uh, making sure we're able to rent a refrigerator because we, <laughs> we <laughs> couldn't get one. That was the of our problems. Yeah, <laughs> so just all the little parts and pieces, they all kind of get thrown back onto Tori. Um, yeah. But it was it was a great team effort. Very proud of the show. And I'm very proud of what we're able to do with with the time frame and our budgets and things like that. So. Absolutely. It's a great show. Everyone needs to go watch Unfinished Business. Um, well, but- thank you. One thing I've always wanted to know, how do you, I mean, obviously there's multiple episodes of a season of HGTV show. How do you handle like recording all of those at the same time? Or are they done all at the same time? Because there's obviously a lot large. Yes, they are. They're all at the same time. I can't imagine. That that. that is very, it's pretty tough, especially each of the locations for that series in particular. We're so far apart. I mean, a hundred miles in some cases. And so you're filming one day at one location, one day at another location. You'll have a day off that you're using to get contractors in to do yeah. the work that everyone thinks the homeowners are doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's a lot of running around. It's a lot of um, late nights, no sleeping, no time off, just organizing all of yeah so so much organizing one of the one of the really cool things um like i said we got to work with two really amazing producers uh michael matsumoto and graham wiggins 
and Graham is from um, Good Bones. He's the executive producer over there. Oh, okay. And Michael was from Chip and Joanna's show. I can't remember. Oh, Fixer Upper. Fixer Upper. Fixer Upper. Okay. Yeah. So, cool. so he ran their show for eight years. And um, wow. the thing that was really cool about our relationship was immediately they realized that, uh, yeah, Greg and Tori can handle all this stuff. Um, so the neat thing about working with Michael and Graham also was that they were like, well, tell us where we're going to be. This is how we want to set this up. Where should we go shoot? Where should we take um, a B crew or where should we go get a B roll on these days? Um, and then just make sure you tell make sure you're telling us all the time where we are uh, so we can find those elements and we can, we can create the shows. So like, sometimes I, you know, we want to keep moving forward on a bathroom remodel, but we might have to stop and, wait so that we can do tile work but the tile guy doesn't want to leave this job and go start someplace else so i mean or sometimes you have to stop mid-work because a camera crew needs to come in the next day because they want to capture what's being done that day so you can't complete what you needed to complete that day yeah to move on to the next thing they did need to film because they need to film the prior day's work is there plus, plus there's a lot of crews I'm sorry. Is there multiple camera crews that like, cause you're obviously having the different jobs at one. There's only one set. This one. We, yeah. This one, we had one um, because of COVID because of our time frame. I mean, there, there's several different reasons that we were on it. We had a skeleton crew to work with, uh, but basically we had um, B roll being set up, which is basically, you know, no talking and all that kind of stuff, just kind of showing what's going on. And then we had a main camera crew that was following uh, myself, Tom, and Shay to all the different sites, and we would go do our um, our pieces, whatever they were that that particular day, at the different sites. I have to take a cake out of the oven really quickly. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I keep looking. I'm like it's getting burned. I gotta You're fine. Just one second. <laughs> That's awesome. Sorry. No, you're fine, Greg. So we're multitaskers. What can I say? Hey, that's how I'm working too. I, I still have my phone on for if a client calls um segue into your this latest project that you're working on now i want to hear more about that one okay okay um I, i'm gonna wait till uh the okay. designer designer gets yeah, back over here absolutely <laughs> you know what i'm just gonna take it out i can finish it well, you can take a break in 10 minutes that's all right oh shoot we're just blabbing away sorry eric i know no, you're good there's no time. Okay. There's no time for this. <laughs> okay, so um, our our project with no barriers kind of came up because we went to see a movie called Weight of Water. The Weight of Water is about an athlete named Eric Winmeyer. Winmeyer. Uh-huh. I always have trouble with pronouncing his last name, but he's a blind athlete that basically will take on any challenge. He's the he's the first guy that climbed Mount Everest. The first blind guy to climb Mount Everest. Um, and then solo this, kayak the Grand Canyon. So, so we, yeah, so we watched this movie where he solo kayak the Grand Canyon 300 miles. I don't, it was a, it was something amazing. Um, and so at the end, we, we noticed that the place, uh, that, um, he's affiliated with, he also helped start No Barriers. Um, it was in our town. So I just walked in off the street and I, I said, Hey, my wife and I are interested in volunteering. What can we do? And um, I mean, 
now here we are building a campus. So yeah. I guess that's kind of that's kind of where it ended up. Yeah, and you're yeah. getting this all on film. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. This is all. I'm sorry. Yeah, I need to. I need to go back. So this is also our next project that we're working on. This is for PBS. Okay. And this tells the story about uh, the facility that's being constructed to help uh, the the new kids who are you know growing up or veterans or um, anybody who wants to get into the outdoors, but it's problematic uh, because they're differently abled or for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what No Barriers does. They, they empower people to get out and, and overcome their Everest and, you know. And they can come with their community too. Yeah. It's, it's, their caretakers uh, and, oh, so okay. and they can go, they can rock climb, they can go on a ropes course, they can hike out in nature, even if they're in a wheelchair. Makes me a little teary it, because it's, it's very, it's, it's so cool. Amazing. This is really, it's so really, awesome. really, really it's really, really important to us that this turns out right. So from the beginning of this project, um, they were kind of on the kind of on the wrong path. The building was wrong. The use of the mm. space was wrong, all that kind of stuff. So one of the things that we did early on was we helped redesign the whole, the whole uh, campus. Oh, um, wow. That came with some other challenges too, because we have a very short building, ser- a very short building window in the Rocky Mountains. And it's 100% off-grid as well yet still needs to have a commercial kitchen and facilities bathhouse toilets everything for people with all abilities so it, it yeah sorry so that, that's okay so not so not only are we creating you know the structures and things like that where a normal contractor would just hook up to electricity hook mm-hmm. up to water hook up the sewer we have to develop all those utilities so we put a huge solar array up there um, there is a well that has been on the property. Um, we're upgrading the cisterns, which are the water storage, uh, upgrading the leach fields and septic areas. Um, it's, it's a huge task, but, uh, you know, it's, it's well worth it. It is, it's oh, been yeah. so much fun and it's just wonderful I, to see it coming together. I can't wait for everyone to see it. It's amazing. That's and it can amazing. facilitate up to 50 people at a time. Wow. So it's pretty, pretty fantastic. So are people going to be staying there or, or are they just basically yes. go there for activity wise? It's, it's a camp. Gotcha. So you would go, um, you would go stay for a weekend or a week or, you know, whatever your program is that you're going to be doing up there. That's awesome. Yeah, we're, so we kind of have a little bit of a, we kind of have a little bit of a hybrid of a, <laughs> of like a, a glamping and mm-hmm. just a, a camping facility. Um, we have to have a commercial kitchen. We have to have a, mm-hmm. a bathhouse. All then, accessible. All accessible. And then we had to have an admin building with a first aid center. And then the final thing that we are installing is an outdoor classroom, which we're still kind of designing. We want to put a living roof on it and do some other things to talk about the um, uh, uh, not ecology. What word am I looking for? ecosystem yeah yeah so that you know we can we can teach ecosystem things and stuff like that up there but basically the the whole place um still needs to feel like camp so if you're camping there i mean luxurious camp luxurious camp yeah Yeah, if you're camping there we have these great big pads that we created huge decks and you have a a tent area so They're, they're metal framed um canvas giant tents on these raised pads with ramps to them 
uh, sprinkled all through the forest with paths accessible with wheelchairs. Yeah, everything has to be 100% accessible as well. So we're, we've created miles of accessible trails. Um, we have a ropes course that's entirely accessible. Uh, we have a, a lift mechanism that gets folks up to the 40, like 40 foot deck. With so that they can, and they can zip line. I mean, it's just everything has to be, everybody has to be everywhere is basically the, the crux of it. That's amazing. So we'll see that all of that from the start where you guys started at where they were before you got there to the finished product in this new PBS show. Yeah, we actually um, are going to really be focusing on athletes. Because okay. this camp is, it's kind of a, a, a vehicle or it's a tool for people to get out and just enjoy the outdoors. People who ordinary, wouldn't ordinarily get to, you know, take a stroll or, or wheel through one of our trails or things like that. So although, <laughs> although our big piece is the camp, we're not, we're not the big piece of no, no. barriers. We're just doing our part to help everybody do what they want to do and, and be out in nature. That's awesome. I can't wait for that. When, when is that expected or is there's no date yet? Uh, no date yet, but um, right. we will be filming. Uh, we've been filming for about a year now. This is, you know, this is a process. And then right. we will probably be filming till about the middle of summer. So I would say probably fall. Okay. Dang. I can't wait to see that. That's yeah. so cool. I love that so much. I know it's so great yeah it's I don't know if you guys have this around you guys but we have um like a baseball league for that so it's like in our area called um Miracle League and it's a rubberized field that's completely accessible for any anybody in a wheelchair anything that's awesome and we it came to my area probably like I was in middle school and you could volunteer to help them out so you're their buddy and you help them around the base uh, hit the ball so it allows the parents to actually sit in the bleachers to watch their kid play a game which is awesome you, allowing them to do a sport that they wouldn't what every kid gets to do exactly let them and it's announced they announce them they sing a national anthem it's like they're it's even better than a little league game and oh, honestly they're playing music it's awesome I'd probably just cry the whole time. I'm sure. Yeah. So one of the really, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so, so that, you know, along with um, other programs, very awesome, but we think that just helping folks get out in nature and stuff like that, that's kind of where, where our hearts are. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of where we ended up. Yeah, I love that. Do you do you find yourself bringing a lot of nature into your designs as well? I feel like I do. Yeah, we um, we so we're we're like avid outdoors people, I guess. I don't know what you call yeah. us, uh, but we love camping. We love fishing. Ocean. Uh, ocean. I mean, if it's out in nature, we you know we want to be there. Yeah. Um, skiing you know wintertime summertime it doesn't matter uh but yeah i think i think a lot of that you know because we want to be outdoors we're we want to create patio spaces and we want to create 
um, cool elements where you can sit down and maybe just kind of take in a, a landscape or something like that, or, you know, be inspired by a tree or, you know, whatever it may be. So absolutely. Yes. I don't know if you feel this way, but when you're designing a space, my biggest thing I want to have are just different little hangout areas for people. And it doesn't have to be, you know, fancy or built into anything, but if there's any way to work out a little area for people to hang out, it's always everyone's favorite spot. And we had a house in San Clemente that had so many fantastic spots. I mean, there were so many great areas to just hang out. And we found that there were just people at our house all the time that wanted to just come over and hang out, like in this one area by the avocado tree, or this one area that was gravelly with fire and had a million plants around it. Or, you know, they're just these different hangout spots and parties ended up being very cool because everyone found a place and and then it would rotate and you'd go hang out in another area and I just feel inside a house outside a house that's everyone's favorite and this oh, and this is actually a big element that we're using when we're designing camp as well so um if you want to have a, an intimate group you want to have like you know maybe five to eight people in an area we're accommodating that if it's a if it's a bigger gathering space we're accommodating that you know and and they're all over the campus so um we we're incorporating sound elements because we do have people that are blind but we have this great echo and we have this really neat pasture area and if you set drums up in three or three or four different colors or excuse me three or four different corners then you get like a swirling effect from the music that's very and we just we've got all these yeah, just all these really interesting um, elements, and she's the one who takes advantage of all of them. Yeah. It, those I, I like, things just make everybody happy. Oh, yeah, and most of your memories are made when you're with people, so having different entertainment spots, that's a big thing mm-hmm. with me, like, thinking about, like, a dream house one day. I don't want just a family room. I want to have, I mean... Basements are huge in the Pittsburgh area, like having in my family as well, like entertainment spot in the basement. <laughs> um, but it's it's very important to me, like having outdoor spaces, entertainment, multiple, so you can have people over and create memories because that's what it's all about. And that's what us as designers want to create for our clients. For sure. Yeah. And outdoors too, it's, um, it's so easy with designing a yard, creating little nooks with trees or seating. I don't know. I, I think Fire it's pit. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A b- big thing now is just the outdoor entertainment space, like a fireplace and couches around it or something like that. Oh, for sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's been the hardest part about living in Colorado. Our, our house that we moved from was shaped like an L and so in the front of the house, the L opened up to a yard that was fenced so we could completely use that. But there was also in the back. So our whole house opened up with air blowing through it. And it was so wonderful. And I hadn't realized, I mean, it sounds silly, but I hadn't realized you really can't do stuff for quite a bit of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the same way in yeah. Pittsburgh. You can only do it for so many months of the year and then your outdoor space is useless. Yeah, I really have been spoiled never having given that a thought. I didn't know your stuff completely dies down 
And that's the end until spring. So one of the things that we are doing right now, Eric, is we're redesigning um, our backyard or our patio area. And we're going to have a section of it where we're going to incorporate um, like a very industrial looking glass door. So yeah. like when you go out to the bars in the summertime and they roll the big garage doors up on, oh, the, yeah, yeah. on the ends. Yeah. And this is something I've done um, in people's homes before, mostly in Southern California. But we're going to do this on our patio so that we can still close it up, still have a fire in the wintertime. But then in the summertime, we can open everything up and we can we can be outdoors. That's very so those. Yeah, those convertible outdoor spaces are super popular out here. I imagine they probably are in uh, Pittsburgh as well. Yeah. Um, but we're trying to incorporate them into a residential application. And usually they're commercial. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my parents actually have awnings on the, below their deck that come down. They're like, they're designed after a restaurant, basically. So like the, their outdoor patio space, you roll them down, you zip them up to there. You could use them somewhat sure. after at least. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Have a heater out there. Yep. It's not the best, but you know. You, Sometimes you just need to be outside. Yep. Fresh air and not get. That was the, like the thing about being like COVID this past this past Christmas, having everybody sick and being in, inside all the time with everybody was the hard part. I think the hardest part. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. Most definitely. Yeah. yeah uh, have you experienced right now, I know the, the whole supply chain situation with limited accessibility to everything that you need. Um, I've noticed in the last, say, month, it is so hard to find everything. I mean, oh, yeah. down to little things like um, fasteners and every, it, it's so oh, sparse yeah. out there. Yeah, I had, actually last year I ordered a couch like oh, I think it was like in September and I didn't get it until like January. And the only thing missing was the coils. That was the only thing uh, that they were waiting on. That's why it took so long. But yeah, like those little minute things that you can't right. do a job on. That's like some of these jobs are delayed eight months because of that stuff. Right. Yeah. I'm going to heat up some metal and make some springs in my garage and send them to the sofa maker. But strip an old sofa. <laughs> We're waiting for a window for our kitchen, and it's been four months so far. Yeah, and they added another 12 weeks on top of that. So it's going to be about six or seven months before we actually get our window. So we have to tile everything except for a portion <laughs> oh, east man. of the window. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait for that to be over. I can't wait. I know. Oh, my it's God. pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for hopping on here today. I want to finish off with making sure to promote your social media pages where people could follow you at. Um, so you go ahead with that. Just give them your Instagram handles or Facebook. Sure. Um, I don't know if they want to follow mine, but it's Tori, T-O-R-I-E, loves everything. And mine's just Greg J. Smith, G-R-E-G-G-J-S-M-I-T-H. And then we also have a uh, Greg and Tori page, if you want to uh, go to that one. Greg yeah. and Tori on Instagram. And awesome. then our, our company that we're working with right now, No Barriers USA, mm -hmm. um, please go check those guys out. Also, um, if you are so inclined, please make a donation. Yes. Yeah. Everybody 
benefits so much from from this all uh, of these programs that are up there yeah definitely very very they definitely follow them so they could know when this posts on pbs later on in the year or next year for sure perfect yeah and uh they're also going to um give a shout out to you and to your show so that uh vice versa so people know where to find us from no barriers that's awesome yeah i'll post whatever just send me if they have like fundraiser gone away i'm i love using my page for that excellent thank Thank you you. well thank you very much for coming on today thank Uh you it's really nice to meet you you too